0: You're listening to Holland Christian Medium Talk.
1: I cried when I went First Zealand Christian. Um, I cried probably the first half of the year through every chapel because to be able to have that experience with my students changed everything.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to our very first episode of HC Medium Talk. Now, this is our very first time doing this, so be patient with us. We're giving it our best go. Today we've got Cam. Cam how do you even say your last name? Cam? Hauk. Cam Hauk. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. Okay. Cam Hauk. I've had <laughs> yeah. you before in class. I just I don't think I ever said your last name before. Or and, correctly. Or correctly. <laughs> That's right. I said it plenty of times. But. Yeah. And also our guest today is Principal Deb Feenstra. Hey there. <laughs> She's very excited. She's just been begging us to be the first person. Yeah, a little nervous about (laughs)
1: this, but I'll hang in there with you. So,
0: yep. Thanks so much for being willing to have a conversation. So, we'll just start off. the The podcast is called Medium Talk. The whole idea is that you know, so much of my day is spent in small talk with people. We want to get past that. This is a place where I want to i want to know the people I work with, and I know students feel the same way. We want to know who we're with. So let's get the small talk out of the way. We got a couple questions. Cam, do you want to just rapid fire? Some, yeah, I guess so. Let's see what she uh, gets some of the small talk out of the way. Shoot with, Start with favorite food.
1: I wish I could tell you I had a favorite food. Um, favorite food is probably anything that's seafood.
0: Hmm.
1: seafood is is my favorite should we let that count Cam
2: or is that it's pretty broad Okay,
1: (laughs) I would really say if you could boil a bunch of crawfish for me I'd be really happy
2: there you go I don't think I've ever had crawfish oh
1: yeah crawfish boil (laughs) Louisiana born and raised so crawfish is my yeah yeah so love crawfish
2: all right what about your favorite color
1: a probably blue
2: that's a good one favorite movie
1: you know I don't have a favorite movie Oh, well. That's, you know, you people always say, do you have one. a favorite movie? Do you have a favorite book? I don't have either, because I think when you get to this age, I've lived too long, and I've read too many and seen too many, it's really hard to pick a favorite. A
0: favorite, not the favorite. Can you just give us a favorite? A, a
1: movie that I love is probably right now a whole lot of kid movies.
0: Oh, amen.
1: Right? Like the non-animated Beauty and the Beast. Love mm-hmm. that movie. Love the music. Love the... Yep. Love that movie.
2: Cam, can you give us a little bit of that soundtrack? I know the Moana soundtrack because that's one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. It
1: really is. Love that, too.
2: I can't say that I know the Beauty and the Beast one.
1: I love Moana. Yeah. Yeah, it's another really great
0: one. Yeah. She screams,
1: I am Moana. (laughs)
2: She
1: screams. Yeah, it's a great story, too. Yeah. Love that one.
2: All right. Well, favorite book?
1: I tell you, I Except don't. You my, know what? The Bible. See, I don't the, know. The Bible's right. great. Bible Can't go wrong. Uh, yeah, Secret Life of Bees. Huh. Love that book. Who's that by? I don't know. Oh. I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Anyway, <laughs> I don't I... know. <laughs> no, no, no. More modern than that. It's really good. It's Alrighty. really good. Do you have any nicknames? None that I'm going to give you because oh, I'm afraid <laughs> you'll use them on me.
0: Well, we'll have to come up, yeah. can we yeah, we'll to come up with a I'm afraid that
1: work. would be no, yeah. Well, it's just us here. Really just only us ones here. Nobody's listening. <laughs> you wouldn't tell anybody. Oh, that's true. Like you wouldn't tell anyone. Yes. Actually, I have a nickname. I grew up with it. It's from my grandfather, and I still use it. And it was Debbie Do. Debbie Do. And actually had a boat that he bought that he named after Aww. me. And that's what we'd go fishing and crabbing and Debbie that kind do. of stuff. There you go. So
0: you'll know how successful our podcast is if people If anyone, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, can, can, we, can,
1: we can edit that out. That's yeah. just fine with me. Edit that out. How All about right.
0: any pet peeves, Deb? I've known you for just a, a year here. How, what are some pet peeves you have?
1: Pet peeves are people that do not tell the truth. Hmm. That's a tough one for me. If we're going to do this, we're going to be honest and real. And people that don't, does that's just really tough for me to deal with. Yeah. Yep. yep. All
2: right. Well, if you had a million dollars right now, what would you do with it? Cam's got a check for you. I do.
1: Um, what I would do with a million dollars. Truthfully, what I would do with a million dollars right now um, is probably buy... This is going to sound savvy. Um, probably buy as many... Who, water purification units as I can, Mm -hmm. and we'd install them in southern Mexico. Mm -hmm.
2: Do you have ties to southern Mexico? I do.
1: Yeah, we served and lived there as missionaries for Mm -hmm. about six years. Um, And my husband, after that, worked with Water Missions International and installed water units in communities um, in southern Mexico that babies are still dying from (laughs) diarrhea from bad water. Mm -hmm. Um, It's reality in life. So to be able to do something to make a difference in that and in the medical work that goes on down there would be huge. Yeah. So, yeah, he still comes and goes a few times a year um, and does that. So, awesome. yeah, it's still part of our life. Yeah.
2: Well, my mom did write me a blank check to get my uh, sports pass. So. Oh, that- <laughs> there you go, a million bucks right there. That'd be
1: great. That'd be great, Cam. I would love that. Just yep. don't tell
0: your mom, Cam. That would no. be great. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, we great. just went right into the medium talk here already. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what happened. So tell us a little bit. I, I'm just curious, Deb, being in this context now, how has spent, you said, was it six years about six, in, in yeah. southern Mexico? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: How did that time, <laughs> how, how do you still experience? I mean, being in this different context, how would you say that time shaped you for, for what you're doing now? What you. Yeah. Here's a principal.
1: Wow. Um, uh, It's so hard to explain. It's so hard to describe what the impact um, and what a blessing that experience was on life for us. Um, We still go back uh, every summer. Um, It shaped my life hugely um, because my daughter was 13 when we went and came back here to go to college, but she came back... When she did come back with a husband um, from there. So, my son in law is, we were in the state of Chiapas. Um, so, he's Chapaneco. And so, my grandchildren very much live and we live in our home, um, kind of a tri cultural because he's Mayan versus a Mexican, uh, Mestizo or Spanish Mexican. So, we, we live a life still that, that is culturally a blend of those things. Um, and we ended up then, we still have a home. Uh, in Chiapas so that it's important for us that our grandkids can make a decision someday about where they want to live because they are a mix of both worlds. And we have the opportunity to do both and come and go. Um, But when you live in a part of it feels very third world. When you get up in the mountains, part of it feels very second world country. Um, It just teaches you a whole lot about privilege, um, what we have here and who we are and who God has called us to be. So it's, it's just kind of a reality of we live so blessed, and what does that mean, and what do we do with it every day? So that's the biggest impact it has from our healthcare to our schools. Schools there are, if they have one, it maybe goes through second grade in the small communities, and it is a laminate uh, lamina, um Metal roof on posts, maybe sometimes, mm. and kids sit under that if there's not a building. That's school, uh, so it's a balance for me. I have to. I struggle sometimes w- when I when I'm here and when I come back. Not specifically Holland Christian, but here in the community, because it's like, well, we need this bigger and we need this better and we need this one more and we need the. I have to be careful because that is the culture that is here. So how do you find that balance? Yeah, totally. To not walk back and go, that's crazy. You don't need that. Well, that's what we know, and that's part of who we are here. So how do you balance that Hmm. and live into who God has called us to be in each place that we are Hmm. and in Mm -hmm. this place? So so I struggle with that. Um, But to be able to be here, and especially with our, our mission, right? equipping minds, transforming hearts to transform the world for Jesus Christ. Um, And for me, having had the opportunity to do that, if we can expose our students here to understanding what a big place this world is and how small we are in it, (laughs) and that world is God's, and and what are we going to do about being part of that world and Mm -hmm. transforming that world for Him? So it's bringing that back here and those thoughts and those ideas that make it really impactful for me when I think of this place and being able to sit in this position. Awesome. Well, yeah, amen. Yeah, that's my.
0: So prior, now was it prior to moving to Mexico, you were at Holland Public, or was that after?
1: In the middle. In the middle, In okay. the middle, yep, yep, yep. So, so I, how
0: long, and what was your what was your role at Holland Public? So I was at
1: Holland Public. When I retired, I had been there 30 years, wow. um, and I taught mm, the first maybe seven years um, and then have been an administrator in... Did age groups from early childhood through adult ed, uh, all the way through, and did a few years where I worked out a central office and did at risk programs, bilingual, migrant, really? and community this. service kind of how do we impact kind of the community and how do we fit in the community. So I did that for about three years. Um, and so I kind of Moved in the district, you know. If we we're going to open the new program, open a new building, set up something different, those were the kinds of things that I I just loved to do and had the opportunity to do that. Hmm. So in the middle, um, in '99, um, my husband had gone on a short-term hmm. mission trip to southern Mexico and came back and said, "We need to do this." And I said, hmm. "You are crazy. <laughs> um, well, what are you talking about? I have this great job. We have a great. We had just built our dream house. What What are you talking about?" <laughs> Oh, um, and so it took a leave of absence for three months um, to go and went for three months, and Christmas to spring break, mm-hmm. and got there, and it was just kind of strange feeling of we'd always been there, mm-hmm. um, and just felt like this is, almost was so comfortable. We said, well, this can't be right because it's supposed to be a big sacrifice and (laughs) we're supposed to be right. You know, we're (laughs) going to serve, it's going to be, and this just feels too right. Um, And it was from the day we got there and that's just what it felt like. And so came back and finished the year and said, I'm going to be done. had an amazing superintendent at the time that said, you're answering to someone way bigger than I am, and I will support you Hmm. absolutely in doing that and leaving your contract and those kinds of things. They were great. Um, And then when we came back, uh, they had an opening at a building as principal, and they were gracious enough to say, we'd love to have you back. And so I came back and started right back up with them and stayed then until three years ago.
0: When you retired, right? When I retired three mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, and here you are retired. You're <laughs> retired, so yeah. So that's a question right. I have. And ho- hopefully it comes out right. But when I think about retiring, when I think mm-hmm. about, you know, I think maybe it's our culture that we kind of have a lot of kind of like, then I get to do what I want to do at that point. Yeah. Here you retired. What are you doing here? Like how, how yeah. did you get back here? I mean, how, was that a... I imagine that being a pretty difficult decision to say, like, finally, you've reached retirement, and now you're going to come back and yeah, continue I, to serve. What I ask
1: God, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it really was... Um, I had a first year after I retired. I taught Spanish immersion at Zealand Christian for one year. Um, they had a transition year that they needed someone to fill, and it was great. And I had done first grade first, and to be able to use my Spanish and do that, it was great experience. Um But that was a one-year commitment. Um, Came out of that, and there's a nonprofit called Destination Education in Town um, that worked with underrepresented students, getting them into something post-high school, um, trade, college, whatever they were looking for. Uh, So I worked with them, but it was the last year for them, and they knew that. It was kind of a phase-out year, so I I worked with them for a year. Um, And then got a phone call from Holland Christian that I never would have expected, Saying, Hey, we have a situation, we have an administrator who is out on a medical leave um, from the middle school. Would you be willing? And interested in coming and just starting the school year for us. And that was last fall. Um, And it was middle school here. And I hung up the phone from that and said to my husband, Yeah, really? Do I want to do a school? And yeah, I miss school. I'd love to be back at school. And to be at Holland Christian would be great. Um, My daughter, Leslie, when we got back from Mexico, spent her four years of high school here um, in the ESS program. And it was a gift, it was a blessing. the way she was treated and cared for in this place was, I, there are no words to explain what a gift that was in our life. Um, so to have the opportunity to give back to this place for everything they had given her, thought, yeah, this, this would be great. I, I'd love to do that, thinking it was just temporary and, and coming in. So, yeah, I started the fall that way uh, at the middle school, never thinking this would grow into being here and being at the high school. But this position was open, um, and I kept having this in your gut feeling and that gnawing feeling of, should I apply for that job? Should I apply for that job? And finally one night my husband, love him, after 40 40 years looked at me and said, I don't want to hear that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Do not say that again. You know when something won't leave and won't go away that, spirits nudging, walk through the door. And if you're supposed to do it, you will. If you're not, you won't. And so it was very much that. Um, Very much if I have something I can offer here and it matches what the need here is and those two things are brought together, great. If not, that's okay too, right? It was very much a feeling of if I can serve this way, wonderful. If not, it won't happen. Um, So it did happen. I went through the process and applied and... Was given this amazing opportunity last January. So, um, and not interim, not temporary, just here until Spirit says otherwise. 2045. See what the next thing is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See what the next thing is. Also, um, when I decided to retire too, part of it was Leslie was turning 30 and was starting to age out of some programming and can do used to be a program in town that our adults with uh, disabilities could work there. And she worked there a couple days a week, and it was something, and they closed the program. Oh, really? Mm. So she completely lost programming. Um, And we had always said, as long as she's set... I, I would love to be able to work and serve another way. The minute she's not, I'm her mom first mm-hmm. and need to be there for her. Um, and so that had all transitioned in that year I, was, I chose to retire. Mm. Um, and then, thankfully, programs sprung up when Can Do closed that as of last year, then she was back in program full time, which then allowed me to think about doing something like this again because she was set.
0: Very cool. Tell us a little bit about Leslie. She came and did a mm-hmm. chapel last year, but yeah. probably not all our not yeah. all our listeners.
1: Yeah. Yep. So Leslie is the joy of our lives. She is, goodness, 31 years old now. Um And her brain neurology is very diverse, um, not like everyone else's. And she has labels that go with her of cerebral palsy, uh, speech and language delayed, cognitive impairments, those kinds of things. Um, So walking through life for her needs support. Um, But the Mm -hmm. one thing that does not need support is that girl is a joy. Mm -hmm. Um, Worship is Leslie's absolutely favorite thing. She has a spiritual connection in life that I wish I just had part of. And she loves everyone unconditionally. It doesn't matter. She judges no one. Um, She has taught us to to be different people. Um, And you never... When I say this, people I don't want people to think, oh, yeah, that's just what you say. Um, would I have ever wished that her life would have to be the way it is and as difficult as it is? No. Am I thankful that Leslie is in our life and shown us how to live a different way? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She is just, yeah, she's a joy. Cam knows her because Cam yeah. mentors. She's part of Compassionate Heart Ministries in Zealand, up. and, and mm-hmm. Cam is one of the amazing mentors there. So, um, that's who she is and walked these halls for four years and got to participate in things that made her who she is today. And I just thankful for that. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
2: So clearly serving has a place in your heart because mm-hmm. Mexico and all yeah. that, mm-hmm. but obviously education does too because yeah. you're here. Yeah. So going back, how did you first get into education or what drove mm-hmm. you to do that?
1: Yeah. Good question. Um,
0: that was good. Kim. Yeah, that was professionally. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was I'm
1: nice. Impressed. Um, Podcast. I, you know, it has just like always been there. It's just mm. been one of those things that I've always felt like teaching was what I was supposed to do. Um, and when I graduated. Uh, well, actually, it was when I was going, like probably my second year. I went to Hope from my undergrad, oh, whoop, and while I was Hope from my undergrad work, Come yeah. Um, the state of Michigan has a really strong teachers union, and the union said at that point, "We are so saturated; do not take any more student teachers. Do not take anyone cool. else." We won't talk about. What year that was? Because yeah. really, really, yeah. <laughs> really long time ago. I did it. Really long time ago. Two thousand eight. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so I, it, so it was. What do you do? Middle of my career, um, and I also was. A, I had a science major, um, also at the same time. And it was. Don't go into teaching. You won't get a student teaching position. So two years in, switched and dropped my teaching. Oh and really? Said, uh, what are we going to do? They say they're not departments. You're not going to do this. Um, and did that for about a year and said, Mm-mm, even if there's not going to be something, I, I need to do this. This mm. is too important. So went back a couple of summers and finished what I had lost and backing out of it um, and ended up coming right out of Hope with um, a long-term sub position, And that's kind of how my work in Holland started was long-term subpositions and rolled into then jobs when they opened up.
0: No, you said you're not from... You said yeah, Louisiana? Louisiana? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so hope for North college, Orleans. and that was yeah, the beginning of... Yeah, I came here of...
1: for high school. I came here middle of elementary. Okay. Um, hmm. But we were the only ones that moved. So family was there. So every Christmas, every spring, every summer, even through college, uh, my grandfather was a riverboat pilot on the Mississippi River. Wow. Really? So through college that was my summer job i worked on tour boats on the river wow. uh, oh, cool. and yeah. so my family still uh life is connected there that's part of my culture and who i am and um like i said we were the only ones who came up here so um yeah so it's still part of life and i have family there and Very we cool. still come that's and go sweet. from there yeah yeah
0: well, how about this is a question i love how about Can you tell us something that you're currently learning or wondering about? I always love to hear, what's what's somebody in the middle of learning or curious about?
1: right, always, right? That doesn't stop. Always learning. Mm -hmm. Always, always learning something new. Part of what I'm learning, which I'm loving to be part of, um, is coming out of the public school system into the Christian school system is just really trying to read everything I can and learn from all these great people around me here. But how do we really embed our biblical life inside of our learning? What does that look like in a math class? What does that look like in a science class? What is it? How do we really live it out? Because opportunity we have here does not exist Hmm. down the street in the public school. Um, and that, to me, is that huge difference, but that's a, been a learning curve for me because when you do something for a really long time, you get just kind of used to it. Um, and all of my work from faith formation and all those things was from being you know, youth group advisors at church and from the church side of it, Yeah, but different never context. from the educational yeah. side. So just really spending time... Um, really, like I said, reading and, and learning from people, but how do we do that? How do I get my hands around that in a different way? Um, so that's that's new for me right now. Um, outside of here, part of the new learning, which outside of school for me right now is thinking about really looking at when you have an adult with special needs, what does that look like when they're 50? What's it look like when they're 60? <laughs> what kind mm-hmm. of housing is there? What kind of... So I'm... Part of compassionate heart, um, and really trying to say what does our community need? What do we need next to support people that need those living yeah. supports moving forward as they get older? And what, what can that look like for them? So that's that's another piece um, piece of life for me right now. That just really trying to learn more about.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. You know.
2: Back to what you were saying earlier about what you're learning here. I've always wondered, like, what if I went to one of the other schools in this area? And like, if I sat through a class or walked the halls or went through lunch, like, what would it look like? What would be different than what we have here? Mm-hmm. I've always been curious because I have no idea. Sure. I don't know sure. what yeah. life would be like.
1: Yeah. I tell you what, there were a group of us together at Holland Public um, that were Christians and, and would talk about how, hmm, this is a hard thing to say. It's always bothered me. Um, why is it okay? we are not allowed to speak into our faith mm-hmm. at all um, publicly, at school, make it part of what we do. Um, if you had a parent or a student who you knew had walked that faith, journey also, you could have those conversations with them. Um, But you always had to be very careful what those were like. And it's always later, I got to the point in life where it was, why is it okay for me to let the government, they're the state, right? Of Mm -hmm. Michigan sets those rules, tell me that I can't speak God's name and I'm okay with that. that. Hmm. I look back at that and that's hard for me. Um, yeah. Biggest difference here is I cried when I went First Zealand Christian. Um, I cried probably the first half of the year through every chapel because to be able to have that experience with my students changed everything. And with my coworkers, changed everything. Um, and, and to know that that was embedded in what we were doing in the we could read stories together and have conversations, first graders, you got to remember, it's a little <laughs> yeah. different, right? Um, yeah, they're not getting along with each other. Things aren't working well. We'll have it even here, right? Mm-hmm. How do we do that from saying we are a community of faith that live in community together? And where does grace come into that? And and where does mm-hmm. forgiveness come into that? And where does holding each other up as image bearers of, of Christ? How, how does mm-hmm. that all come into what you do every day? Mm-hmm. That's the opportunity that's here that you don't have in a public school.
2: I feel like as a student body, we tend to grow numb to that a little bit. Because, I mean, I've gone here since kindergarten, and now I've had chapels three times a week through high school, and like, oh, another person speaking. And, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, that really relates to my life. But I've just, Mm -hmm. I've always... Desired to have an experience somewhere else just to see how it's different because I hear mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends from other schools and they're like, Oh, yeah, we have great li- relationships with our teachers. Oh, or, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's great, great atmosphere at school, but I want to see how it's different. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a good observation
0: you make too, Cam. Just about yeah. it is so when you've only been in this context, yeah. um, it is always so helpful to have somebody from a different context come in, and you get to see how they respond, especially in a context where, where there's, you know, worship happening. And uh, like you said, you cried, you know, the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm always moved by seeing someone experience it in that way and say, like, whoa, what am I growing numb to? Or yeah. what, what kind of, you know, privileges have I just kind of taken for granted and I'm, and I'm not uh, sensitive
2: to anymore? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's,
0: I think, mm-hmm. really helpful.
2: Yeah. I feel like being taken out of it would really make me see what I take for granted because when mm-hmm. I go to Compassionate Heart and through like summer serve and camp and yeah. stuff, when I see like Leslie worship, I'm like, wow, why don't I worship like that? What, like when I was younger, mm-hmm. and just going crazy. So yeah, yeah. I don't yeah there's so many, so many
0: fears, I think, right? Even yep. still, I'm I'm a teacher here. I'm 30 years old, but still there's so many uh, worried about how it might Perception, all those different things, I think, can be big boundaries. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, great observation.
0: Okay, Deb, you've mentioned your faith journey stuff a couple mm-hmm. times. Are you able to to reflect just a little bit on, on if someone was to ask you like, why why do you follow Jesus? What's what's Whoa. there? What, what I know that's kind of a that's giant a question, giant right? question. But maybe even any kind yeah. of big moments along your faith journey,
1: yeah, yeah. worth
0: sharing with yeah. us.
1: Gotta tell you, so we moved to Holland um, Mill Elementary. And did not attend church. We're not yeah. church attenders. I come from a very diverse faith background. My mother was Roman Catholic. Um, mass was still in Latin. <laughs> um, no one understood mass in my family. Um, but they went because you were supposed to go, and yeah. only women went. It was just an interesting kind of thing. Um, hmm. My dad, um, actually my grandfather, was a pastor in the Reorganized Latter-day Saints Church. Really? Um, And those two ended up together, um, and we came to Holland, and thankfully, God put us next door to some students um, that were some students at Third Church here, Third Reform, um, and they felt sorry for the unchurched kids next door, yeah. which was us, um, and started taking us to church on Wednesdays with them. Um, we started going to church program on Wednesday, and I can tell you exactly where I was and the day I realized that God was real hmm. and the Spirit hmm. was real um, and what that commitment meant to me and, and what that what that was. Um and I just, it's just how God works. It's amazing to the point I've ended up with my parents following suit. Um, really? Profession of faith in the Reformed Church, my dad becoming an elder, and my life completely oh. changing, right? So I say to anybody, if you ever think about inviting someone to church and don't do it, do it. Um, <laughs> that but, is
0: so cool. <laughs> yeah, God
1: would have gotten me here somehow, right? Uh-huh. He, you know, but that was... That was the means he used to, to get me here. So very clear for me um, what that's like. And then things all the way along life that have happened that have just, I, you can feel um, the presence of God. Um, and even to the point when Leslie was born and I had an amazing doctor sitting on the side of my bed that looked at me and he said, God doesn't make mistakes. Hmm. He knows yeah. you can handle her. He knows yeah. that you will know. What to do with her. Um, I mean, those people that he just puts mm, in your awesome. life at those moments that mm-hmm. say those things. Um, Speaking in southern Mexico and watch persecute a persecuted church um, and, and watch how people for their faith have died, um, are still completely thrown out of communities, everything they own burned. And but for their love of Christ, they oh. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and i watched community i've watched places where communities where people had nothing because they're in the indigenous mayan world you are a member of that community so when you're kicked out of that community you own nothing right, it's that, communally it. owned mm-hmm. um, and they start over and there's one community where all the persecuted kicked out christians live together that has just thrived um, and that has Used that has been such a testimony um, to people coming to Christ because they will say, You had nothing, we kicked you out, we sent you away. Why are you why? How is this? How is this? And they talk about, You know, we are blessed for our faithfulness and we Mm -hmm. have followed and God has blessed us. I mean, watching that, right? And watching witch doctors and shamans come to to come to the faith by watching healing that God has done. I mean, just being part of those experiences all through my life have just been huge um, as me being able to say, absolutely, mm-hmm. this is real, and this is who I follow, and this is why. Um, no questions.
2: Yeah. Well, going back to what you said earlier about being in a public school and the government kind of limiting mm. your speech, once you went to Mexico and saw people being losing their lives because mm-hmm. of their faith, mm-hmm. when you went back to Holland, did, you re- did it really set in? Like, am I going to let this happen? Will I allow my speech to be limited yeah. just by um, a job?
1: You know what? I said way more then than I ever dared to say before I mm-hmm. went and said, I will keep talking until mm-hmm. someone stops me. Yeah. And That's no awesome. one did. I Hmm. I mean, it never hit that point because uh, no one did. The other thing I did when I went back is I can have whatever books I want in my office, Hmm. I decided, right? So I made sure you could see, if you were sitting in front of me, you could see a Bible on my bookshelf and Mm -hmm. several other books that the titles were big enough on the spine that you could see what they were. And that opened up more conversations Hmm. with people sitting in my office. And I never had done that before. No one ever said you have to put those away. Hmm. So I decided until they do, that those are going to stay there. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was different for me when I came yeah. back. Yep, that's yep. awesome. It was, yeah, it was.
0: Deb, this is just a, a simple question. I think be helpful to hear. What do you want, either staff members you lead, our staff, families at Holland Christian, or even the students? What would you? What do the? What do you want them to know about you?
1: Oh wow. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess that um, truly, truly believe I'm called, um, not of my own accord, but called to be in this place at this time for a reason, um, and just thankful that I've been given the opportunity to do that, and that truly for me, this is about each, not every Okay, we. I think sometimes we say, well, this is good for every student. I think it's different when it's good for each because each to me causes us to see each person individually in um, each family individually and each teacher individually versus every or all. Um, and for me, it's about each, each one of us that are here um, to be able to support in any way, every teacher, every family, every student Um, on their journey wherever they are to to reach the next step and really live into who they've been created to be and and help to open up that space to make that a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, right, this is a community of learning that, that has to live together. So there are times that people make choices, and those choices don't fit who we are as a community. And when that happens, it's all about having that conversation and saying... If being part of this community is something you want to be, how do we get there together? It's it's this we're all growing, we're all learning, we all fall, we all stumble, we all pick ourselves back mm-hmm. up. Um, but to do that together a, as a community and to really help each and every one of us live into who that person mm-hmm. is that that we're that we're supposed to be. Um, and on top of that, giving them giving students a learning environment that is the best we can that best we can give.
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, one of the intended audiences mm-hmm. of this podcast is high school students like myself. So, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. could say one one thing to your high school self, what would it be?
1: Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Time travel. Yeah, we just figured it out. Can you go that You're far back? <laughs>
1: um, that's a long way. No, it's the machine doesn't, go, back. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. go that far. Thanks. Um, it's surprising, right? How much you remember about that? I think to my high school self is truly to be yourself, mm. right? Be yourself. Don't let the world tell. You. And that's easy when we're on the other side of it. I get it. Sitting in there as a high school student often you're afraid, will I be accepted if I'm really who I am? And how do you not follow right the momentum in the in the crowd and especially coming in as a ninth grader, that's tough. Yeah. A little easier to do when you're a senior, right? A little easier to say, I'm me and this is who I am. Um, but to be able to yeah. find that one person, right? That you can really the one person that really gets you and understands you and can be part of part of life with you. Um Instead of trying to please a group and trying <laughs> to fit in, everyone wants to fit in, right? The most important thing is to have someone to eat lunch with, right? Am I going to feel like I'm alone in the hallway or the cafe? No one wants to feel like that. Um, so, to my high school self, I would say, try to be as strong as you can to be who you are and not fall. We all do. Peer pressure is an awful thing. Um, and and how do you find that one, those one or two people that can help you avoid that? Also, if I see that and I have a sense that someone is feeling that way, so often we don't know, we want to associate with that person or we don't know that that person's not going to fit in the group I'm in. So how could I have reached out more yeah. um, mm-hmm. to those that I, it was, we, we, you know, you know really well who they are. Um, how do we become that inclusive? And welcoming, um, almost, you know, disarmingly welcoming, hospitable. Um, I was kind of watching seniors this morning with freshmen. That was the coolest thing I have ever been part of, um, caring and giving and 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 supporting. How do you keep that going all the time yeah, so amen. that they know they have that? And how do family groups fill in and, and become that uh, versus just this thing we have to do and this group we have to be in? Um because that's the hardest thing, is staying true to yourself uh, all the way through. And you're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. And hmm. I wish I could tell you, you'll stop making mistakes, but you won't. <laughs> we yeah. do, right? Uh, you know, all of Not life. Me, but yeah most people. Yeah, certainly. most people, yeah. <laughs> um, but you will. Uh, you'll make choices, <laughs> and you go, why did I do that? Um, but that's what a whole community of grace is about. Yeah. How do we walk this together? But it's okay, but just to try to stay true to yourself.
0: I was having a conversation with a student at senior camp just last week about something similar. We were talking about how how much of our time is spent being our own like PR, you know, public relations mm-hmm. person, right. Working on our image or how am I perceived? Yeah. Like, you know, that's a role in a business, right. To manage the mm-hmm. image of a company and how, how much of our thoughts are spent trying to manage and control our perception. Yes. Even like with the people I'm sitting at lunch, I do that. I'm 30, right. I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I, I sense myself doing that often, you know, unconsciously or subconsciously, whichever one that would be. I don't mm-hmm. remember but you we just do that, and yet there's such a freedom when when that stops or when that's quieted and you're you're yourself and you're right, there's something about a community that there's communities in which that's I think easier for that to happen and mm-hmm. and that's certainly what we want to be here,
1: right, yeah right, yeah,
2: I mean if I see that. Disarming, welcoming from anyone. Your daughter, right there. Oh, and whenever I see her, she's just arms open. Yeah. And if she sees someone she doesn't even know, you know, hey, hey. how are you? Yeah. Doesn't matter who they are, what they look like.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's that's so true. It's inclusion. Inclusion, yeah. Do you have to get that? I don't know how to <laughs> turn it off. I love I could turn it <laughs> off, but I don't know how.
0: I don't want it. I don't know how to get it. It's fine. You can just read a couple me. more times if He's you're okay Zimmer. with that. Hit the red button. Is there a red button? Oh, I
2: think it stopped. Yeah. Let them Hard join button, our podcast.
0: Cool. And we'll right. just
2: wait. Hey, whoever that was, if you just called, <laughs> I, you made it in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Welcome. Yeah, it was
1: Dave Zimmer. Just so you know.
0: We, we had a <laughs> caller. Maybe it was like someone's calling in. Oh, if this was oh. live, oh. we, we should do that. Guys,
1: next time we need to have
0: oh. callers. That would be genius. No, that
1: would have to be live. Oh, how cool no. would that be?
0: We can do listener
1: voicemails.
0: Yeah, oh. that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. That would be sweet.
1: And then go back and answer them. Okay. No. okay.
0: I, I've got one last question on okay. this list here for you, Deb. You made teachers do this last week. So I'm turning it back on you. You had us write goals. We had to do a personal oh. goal and a professional goal. <sighs> turning it back on you. Uh-huh. Wish you didn't do that now. So no. what, what would you say for the 2019-2020 school year? What kind of goal or what kind of... If you were to articulate, if I was to say, Deb, what's your vision for the 1920 school year? How, how would you express that?
1: Yeah, wow. Um, probably the biggest goal would be for me, um, is to be in as many classrooms as I can be during the day mm-hmm. to really understand what's going on, um, in classrooms to be there. There's great stuff going on. I don't get to see it all. Um, I want to be in there and seeing that and being part of that and then being able to take that and help teachers, right. Be the best they can be in their classroom. Um, but really, the big picture vision is, it's going to sound repetitive, but my big picture vision is to really work, to develop community, provide mm-hmm. a place for people's voices to be heard, um, and, and to listen to that and to take that and say, where do we go next as, as, as a school? What's our next step? And where do we want to go next? And how do we get there together? Um, it's probably my biggest vision for the year.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Deb, I'll just say this without trying to sound like a brown noser because you are my boss. Yeah. <laughs> I love you as our principal. You Aww, do an amazing job. Thank you. I'm grateful to be a part of this place with with you as our leader. Mm-hmm. So thank Cam, you. any last questions while you have your principal here with a microphone interface? Any last oh. questions
2: you might have? Uh can seniors go off campus like <laughs> every day for lunch?
1: Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's a yes. A good? Uh, no, I don't think oh, that's gonna change. Shoot. But good try. But oh, I don't man. think we're changing that right now. That was a noble. noble that, was try a try, that, that was a good
0: try, though. That
1: was a good try. try. I love that goes
2: it. out to the class of 2020. <laughs> I, I tried.
1: Uh, I love it. Well, thank right. you so much, Deb Thanks. Appreciate your fun. time very much. Thanks. It was great fun.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's HC Medium Talk. If you have any questions or any ideas for the podcast, feel free to email bruss at hollandchristian.org. That's B-R-U-S-S at hollandchristian.org. Can't wait to catch up next week with another conversation.